Pray with me, Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh now on these your blood-bought servants who are gathered to praise and worship your name and fall fresh on this preacher. Amen. Friends, last week we began a four-week series on difficult words with Jesus. In this series, we are in a conversation with the master. It's a difficult conversation because Jesus is teaching the true meaning of discipleship, the challenges of being a Christian. Last week, we discovered that it cost us to be a Christian. We know it cost Christ his life on the cross for us to have a relationship with his father. But if we're going to follow Jesus, Jesus says it may cost us everything. We must be willing to surrender all to Jesus. We must be willing to give every part of our life to Jesus, our thoughts, our attitudes, our lifestyles, and our finances are all up for grabs when it comes to following Jesus. We must be willing to give them all to the master. In today's text, Jesus teaches us that as Christians, we cannot get so comfortable in worship spaces that we do not actively seek those who need to know Jesus and began a walk with him. Jesus is being criticized by those who are hanging around him because he is with the wrong kind of people. Jesus kept company with all manner of human beings, tax collectors, prostitutes, and all sorts of people who carry the general heading of sinner. Doesn't sound so terrible to us, though some of us may feel that the reaction of the Pharisees toward the tax collectors was somewhat justified. But we ought to remember that these tax collectors are different than the tax collectors that we have today. They were not official servants of the government like tax collectors today, but they were hired private entrepreneurs who made their money by overcharging and extorting the people. They had gained the reputation of quite deserved, of being corrupt, exploiters, amassers of funds, and also spies for the Roman government. You can imagine how this kind was rejected by the Pharisees and those around them. The sinners that is spoken of in this text are a group of various outcasts from the society maybe prostitutes, non-religious people who didn't frequent the temple at all, thieves and gamblers and the like. These are the people Jesus challenges those of us who seek after him to find and introduce them to a new way of life through him. Jesus challenges us to go after the people who may not be like us, look like us, smell like us, walk like us, and talk like us. You know that professing Christians were not, were once the majority in our country. Professing Christians used to be the majority of people who went to church on Sunday morning. Not long ago, people who attended church were the largest group of people in the country. 
That's no longer the case today. Church attendance and interest in church is diminishing with the passing of each decade. But I need to tell you, my brothers and sisters, true Christians never were the majority. They never have been and never will be until Christ comes again. The character of Christian, the Christian life is not that God wins his battles by the majority vote. God wins them by the quality of life of those who seek to serve God. But we are very much aware, brothers and sisters, that we are living today in increasingly non-Christian America. People are not looking to follow the church and it is up to us to leave the confines and safe trappings of what we have built in our Christian communities and go after those who don't need, to, don't think they need a relationship with Jesus. Increasingly, we are sensing and feeling how much more a minority that those who follow Jesus and trust God are in America today. Jesus, in our conversation, reminds us that we must continue to seek those who need to know him. In fact, it must be the highest of our priorities as Christians to drive home this point. He tells two stories or parables. The first is about a sheep who wanders away from the fold. This obviously represents people who have left the faith and the church for a variety of reasons. A lot of people have lost, left the church for reasons that we don't know. Some have been hurt by the church members. Some have been disillusioned by unscrupulous people. Jesus tells us we must be willing to go and find them and do whatever it takes to bring them back into the fold. The second story is about people who have not wandered away but are still in the fold. They have not left the house. They have not left church, but they are just as lost. And I want to spend our time this morning on these people who never wandered away, but are lost in the house. In the second story, Jesus describes a woman who has 10 pieces of silver in her possession and in her financial portfolio. 10 pieces of silver in that day equal approximately 10 denarii, which was the Roman equivalent of 10 shekels from the Old Testament. According to theologians, using shekels was the preferred method of paying the temple tax in Jerusalem. This woman was paying her tithes with this money and lost one. This woman had 10 pieces of silver, 10 shekels, and Jesus asked the question, what if a woman lost one piece of silver? Imagine that this piece of silver was a family member, a child, a spouse, a sibling. This woman decides that it's worth going through some trouble. It's worth an effort. It's worth the extra work to find what is lost in the house. And the first thing, that she does is turn on the light. That's worth repeating. The first thing she does is turn on the light. You see, light makes a difference. Light will parse the darkness from the light. Light will separate light 
from darkness. Light is essential in the life of every believer because light represents Jesus Christ. She decided to turn on the light of God. She said, I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except they come by me. Jesus says, if we're going bring others into the church, into the fellowship, into this movement called Christianity, if we're going to recover that lost in our mix, we must be empowered by the love and the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, before this woman called a psychic, before she checked out her horoscope, before she opened up a savings account, before she retraced her steps, she turned on the light. She realized that she needed something more powerful than her own being. She turned on the light. And if we want to change our city, we have to turn on the light. Before we make a decision of who we want, what kind of church members we want sitting beside us, we have to turn on the light. God is calling us to invite people into the fellowship. But first, we must turn on the light of Christ. When we do, we'll see better. When we do, we'll see everything the way God sees them. When we do, the shadows of doubt and fear will leave us. So Jesus says, if we want to find the lost, we must first turn on the light of Christ. The first thing this woman did was turn on the light. She lit a candle, but it bears mentioning that she goes further than just turning on the light and said, God, you must find that which is lost because I don't have the power. I'm turning it over to you. She went further. She swept the house. She used a broom, a common broom, not a special broom, not a broom that was made special to sweep the house for corns, but just an ordinary broom. Just a simple broom would be employed to assist her in locating that which was lost. You don't have to be specially gifted to spread the gospel. You don't have to be a pastor to spread the gospel. You don't have to be anointed to the point where people see the light of Christ shining over your head. Just an ordinary human being that have come in contact with the light of Christ is enough to light up most people's world. Her decision to utilize a broom to sweep the house demonstrates that she wasn't satisfied with just a visual search of her home. She goes the next step. She could have given up where she left off. That is one of the biggest pranks of the devil. The devil tries to use in our home and in our church just to try to make us give up because we tried it before and it didn't work. He tries to get us satisfied until we get to the point that we don't want to do anything more than what we are doing. Resting on our laurels is not the mantra of the church. The church is commanded to do more than what we've been doing, to say more than what we've been saying, pray more than we've already prayed, give more than what we've already given, help more than we've already helped, minister to more than we already ministered to and sing to more than we ever thought possible to sing to, teach more than we've already taught. In other words, 
We have to become a people that are ready to get it on, get it started, get it going, and get it moving. Jesus warns us in this marvel, his marvelous great commission in Matthew 28 that we've got to be willing to stretch ourselves. Look at what he says. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And in Acts 1 and 8, he established the parameters of what the world is in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the utmost part of the earth. And I know we gather here for worship every Sunday and we've got a live stream and people are watching us from wherever they are. We broadcast every single week. But I wish we could take this exciting gospel out of these four walls and let it hit the folk who need to hear it. We don't need a church full of people, but we need a people who are full of church. We don't need every seat to be filled, but we need every heart to be filled with church. People who want to see people addicted to alcohol get to know Jesus. People who want to help poor people find their way out of generational poverty. We are called to help college students along their journey and with their relationship with Christ and to help millionaires to know Jesus and the doctors to go deeper in their relationship with Jesus and remind professionals that they are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Yes, this woman stretched herself. She beyond just looking around for her lost coin. Not only did she go an extra step, but she is giving that her coin had fallen to its lowest point. Nobody uses a broom to sweep the ceiling. A broom is rarely used to sweep the walls and countertops of our existence. No, a broom is used to sweep the floor. Whether it's a dirt floor, a wooden floor, a tile floor, or a carpeted floor, a broom is utilized generally at the lowest part of the house. This woman lost a coin. She took the extra step. She had to look for it in the lowest places. She would have to get her coin out of the dust and out of the dirt. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, people in our house, people in our church have fallen to their lowest level. And sometimes we must be willing to sweep the house and go to the lowest point, get down in the dirt and the mire to find those who have lost. Can't you see her sweeping the entire house? She swept in the kitchen. She swept in the bathroom. She swept in the bedroom. She swept the living room. She swept everywhere. Whenever you are sweeping, no matter how clean you think your house is, you're going to create a pile of dust and dirt. This woman swept and swept and swept and swept and kept on sweeping. If the coin, that coin was so valuable to her, she knew she may have to retrieve it from the lowest points on earth. We must be willing to go to the lowest points, to the dirty grime, to the homeless, to those who smell different than us, to get the knowledge of God in their hearts. I don't know about how you feel, but that sounds like the Lord to me. Sometimes he had to go through 
awful levels to find us. Sometimes he had to go through places that we didn't even want the Lord to know we were there to bring us and bring us back to the Lord. Sometimes we may have to go deep and keep on going until we find what is lost in our house, find what is lost in our church. We cannot afford to have God's people lost anywhere. It may be your child who has gotten caught up with the things of this world. It may be your husband or wife who has gotten trapped in the traps of this world. It may be a sibling who has been tied up by the troubles of this world. It may be a friend who used to come to church but now has become pacified by television, addicted to gambling or whatever. Finally, it is. When she turned on the light, she could, lo- she could locate the lost coin. She couldn't even find it with the light on. When she swept the house, she didn't find it on the first sweeping. She sifted through the rubble, the dirt, and the dust. The record is a disappointing zero for two. But this woman didn't quit. No matter how daunting the task was, Jesus says she kept on sweeping until she found what was lost. One of Satan's biggest traps is to plant the word failure in our lives. The evil one will take our failures and put them in a beautiful frame to remind us of of where we came up short. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm sick of looking at my failures. I'm sick of looking at what didn't work. I want to look to God to find what will work these days because there's too many folk lost in the house. If we're going to serve God and to be evangelists, we've got to get ready. We will suffer some defeats sometimes. Friends will walk away. Family members will not understand us. Co-workers will think we're crazy. Spouses may walk out the door. Our children may not want to hear what we have to say. Neighbors will call us out of our name. Even the, the dependents will declare independence from us. Doctors will give us bad news. Bankers will tell us that we're out of money. Schools will tell you that your scores are not high enough to make the grade. Jobs will tell you that we're cutting back and downsizing. Your body will tell you, you can't do what you used to do. This woman didn't try to call someone else. She didn't bring her friends over to help find the coin. She was so tenacious that if it was going to take all day, she was going to do it. If it had to do it all by herself, she was going to do it. She said, I'm going to do what the Lord has for me to do. I'm not going to let illness stop me. I'm not going to let trouble stop me. I'm not going to let doctor's diagnosis stop me. I'm not going to let retirement burnout stop me. I'm not going to, I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to praise until something happens. I'm going to continue to pay my tithes until something happens. I'm going to preach until God opens a door. I'm going to participate until my body gives out. I don't know about you but for the past few months I've been looking at our church not the seats not the property but the real church the people 
we are this close to going to the next level in the ministry that God has for Calvary United Methodist Church. This close to breaking through what God is calling us to be. We cannot look to the past of what Calvary was. We cannot even look to where Calvary is. God is calling us to a future that is bigger than any of us can imagine. We are this close to fulfilling God's purpose for our church. We are this close to being the kind of people that God can be proud of and pleased with. And I know what some of you are saying. Sylvester, if we're this close, how can we get there? If we're this close, how can we move to the next level? If we're this close, how can we move to become active in our church, respected by people in the city, seen at God's hands and feet and love personified and grace magnified. This woman who lost her coin is now this close, but she didn't know H-O-W. She didn't know how. She was going to find what was lost. She didn't know how she would ever find her precious lost one. She didn't know how God was going to make a way out of no way. She didn't know how she was going to steady herself. She didn't know how she was going to make it. Can I tell you that when you don't know H-O-W, you've got to let God rearrange things in the life of this august body, the church of Jesus Christ. God can take the H-O-W and he'll change it and he'll change the situation of our church. Don't worry about the H-O-W. I used to worry and fret and um, to ask God, how are you going to do this? How are you going to come through? How are you going to take us from point A to B? How are you going to make a way out of no way? How are you going to fix my situation? I've learned that we've got to let God rearrange some things in our situation. When we give it over to the Lord completely, he'll take the H-O-W and rearrange it to the W-H-O. I may not know how, but I know who. Jesus will come through. I know he will. I know he's the Alpha and the Omega. I know he's the beginning and the end. I know he planted the church in the world so that no, no the gates of hell will not prevail. I know the church has the power to reclaim America. I know the church has the power to bring the world into the feet of Jesus. So our Lord describes the joy that was in the heart of this woman when she found this coin which was lost. She called her neighbors and friends to share with her overwhelming joy. And you know, despite all the problems that may have come in raising our children, despite the battles of failure, the tears and the heartaches, if as you see them coming to manhood and womanhood, you see in them the deep roots of Christ that would plant it in their life and they're beginning to come and understand that God needs to play a leading role 
in their lives. They have begun to rest upon God's love and care, his forgiving grace, and to understand his overwhelming love, to understand how to walk with him and how to draw strength from him and to encounter the battles and the difficulties of life with courage and strength, which he alone can impart. Then it does not make any difference of all the difficult problems we had to go through, the heartaches, to love our kids, to cry them down into the dirt and the mire with them and continue to let them know they're loved. Our own hearts will be filled with the kind of joy as you see them entering into life, life's commitment, concern, growing, settling in faith and solid, secure in Jesus. And Jesus said, that joy is shared in heaven as well. The angels glory before God, he said. There's a celebration in heaven when one of these who are lost at home opens up his or her heart and finds a living Lord. He likens it to the celebration that was held when the lost sheep was found. It is a superlative expression. They shoot off cannons. They, they ring bells. They, they swing from the chandeliers. It is a great time of unrestrained joy before God over a lost one that has returned home. What a revelation of the heart of God this is. How God longs to see those who are lost recovered. Whether they have wandered away or whether they are lost at home. Where it seemed that there was a place of safety but they tuned out. Yet all of us know of instances after instances of those who have been raised in Christian homes but who have been lost all this time. God help us to face this with the realism of this whole picture of, law, of the Lord's parable that we might stop and take the steps that are necessary to find these that are lost at home and these that are lost in our communities before it's too late. Let us pray. Our Father, we pray that our own hearts may be filled with the joy that is described in this parable. As we look forward to the time when our children move into adulthood and take on the responsibility of Christian adults, we pray that you will help us to be realistic and honest about them. We pray that you will help us move from our comfortable surroundings into your community where it's dusty and the dirt is prevalent to find those whom you have already anointed. They just don't know how blessed they are. Realize for each of your children, we need to introduce you to them afresh. God, give Calvary United Methodist the church to look beyond past where we are, to let your Holy Spirit guide us into the next phase of this great church's life. God, we pray that you will so be so powerful in our mix so powerful in the midst of our people that we can see where you are taking us because you have turned on the light and you are guided, guiding us toward those who need to know your love. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus, our brother. Amen.